not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm a truthican, and the truth as I see it is that we've been divided in this country by design by people who benefit from that division, and it's not going to turn out well for 99% of us unless we all come together as one human race, realize we have all the power, and tell the establishment to go fuck themselves. Before Trump won, then everybody was like, these election machines are all fucked up. They shouldn't be connected to the internet, and why are there computers inside them when they just got account shit? But then Biden won, and they were like, no, they're fine now. <laughs> You're not smart enough to be my friend. Fuck you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Truth Again Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Gaither. That other good-looking fella over there is your host, Mike Baldwin. hey And uh, we are professional stand-up comedians, uh, very intrigued about the things going on in our country. We think the deep state is real. We think the election was stolen. We think that Trump is uh, actually trying to destroy the Federal Reserve and the deep state. And we understand why you think that might be crazy, but we also think maybe you haven't looked enough into it. And we do a lot of that because we have more free time than most people. So welcome to the show and uh, we hope you guys enjoy it and don't turn us off too quickly because you hate Trump or you think we're nut jobs. Maybe you should listen to uh, some things we have to say before you make that uh, assessment. Um, So. Yeah. Cut to me being like, all right, so the paint inside building seven was, and they're like, all right, fucking nut jobs. <laughs> but that is a, a theory that's out there that uh, if you don't know, building seven, well, first of all, this is technically our 9 11 episode because it's the last one that'll come out before 9 11 gets here. Three buildings fell on 9 11, the two giant World Trade Center towers, and then a smaller yet still giant tower called building seven and and the reason that they have for why that fell was because the other fires were so fiery that it caused that building to fall even though it wasn't on fire it just the heat see but i think that's bullshit i don't know what happened but i don't think that it just fell because it was hot well, the official story, the, the NIST report, is that Building 7, a 47-story steel-reinforced concrete building, fell in six seconds into its own footprint due to office fires. Now, no steel-reinforced concrete building in the history of the world before or since 9-11 has ever fallen due to fire. There have been buildings in Europe, uh, for example, that have burned for 50 hours straight, and they didn't fall. The frame was still standing. Um, but building seven for me, once I learned some about it was the smoking gun for me. It actually kind of changed my perspective on everything. Because when you learn about building seven, you learn that first of all, it fell in six seconds into its own footprint, like a Jenga game due to office fires, if you believe that. And then the owner, Larry Silverstein is on video. You can find a video audio and I believe video of him saying, they decided to implode Building 7 because there had already been so much loss of life. Now, the later story is that it fell due to office fires. I think when they realized, Silverstein, you shouldn't have said that, you dumbass, because you cannot just implode a building because you want to, especially a building of that magnitude. It takes weeks or months to prepare something like that, meaning he lied. And he also made $4.5 billion that day off the insurance and like six weeks prior to 9-11 took out extra insurance in case it fell due to, due to a terrorist act. 
And the media never touched that story. But so Building 7 to me proves prior knowledge of 9-11. It's not like that building was planned a month in advance and the other two weren't. And then when you start watching the other two towers that after they started to fall, it took 11 seconds apiece for them to actually, when they started to crumble. And then you start wondering, well, wait a second, why would, why would a hundred stories of steel reinforced concrete turn to literal powder underneath where the impact of the planes hit? It, it makes zero sense. And there's, there's a website called uh, AE911 for Truth with architects and engineers saying that the official story is absolutely absurd. You can find the uh, videos of the firemen saying um, that they heard explosions. And my little brother pointed all this stuff out to me. And when I asked him, like, well, how did they make the towers fall like that? He, he was like, they use thermite and that shit burns underwater. And that's why the buildings were literally on fire for six weeks after the, the towers fell. There was still fire underneath, you know, uh, smoke and all that coming out. And that can only be explained by thermite. It wouldn't just be, you know, fires need oxygen to survive. So it's the printer. The printer was on fire <laughs> for six weeks. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to just mention this and then move on to other topics. Um, and I, I want to do an entire episode just on 9-11. Maybe we'll have to go live on um Tuesday, which is the day after 9-11, my son will be in school for six hours, so we could just do a, a live podcast about it, because this is, the of, of all the topics that we talk about, this is the one that I feel like I know the most about, because I, I, I'm obsessed with the topic, because once you realize that, that the official story of 9-11 is absolutely absurd, and it is, once you start learning some things about it. And then you just watch the buildings and you're like, wait a second, that doesn't make sense. And you're telling me 18 guys simultaneously hijacked five planes and, and it went off without a hitch. And the only issue they had was the plane that crashed in Shanksville, which there was no like wreckage. It was just this big hole in the earth. Um, it, the whole thing of the Pentagon, the Pentagon is the most heavily protected airspace on planet earth. No plane could have gotten through there. And even if it did, it wouldn't have hit, it wouldn't have gone through 16 feet of steel reinforced concrete, which is the official story, to hit the very room where, Trump, where Rumsfeld claimed the day before 9-11 that $2 trillion had gone missing from. That's the room it hit. I, I mean, and, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. I could sit here and Mike not say a word and I could talk for an hour and not scratch the surface about all the shit that happened on that day that you're like, wait a second, what? The all four black boxes were completely obliterated, the indestructible black boxes, but they found a Saudi passport and a bandana at the bottom of the rubble? I, I mean, and people are like, oh, I guess so. This thing shit happens. I'm like, no, no, it doesn't. Not like that. Uh, um, so that's why I believe the deep state is real, and I believe that there are evil people behind all this shit and very rich, powerful people who stand to gain from all the things that are happening in our country that have, you know, sorry, Mike, I'll let you talk, but I just, I get so fired up about this shit, dude. 
I'm I'm just listening. I'm learning as much as the viewers are. I because I mean I know certain things about 9/11 stuff, but yeah, I haven't remembered all of those things, and that's all very interesting. I know I saw a thing of, about a a guy that was talking about how they could put thermite in, mix it in with paint somehow, and so they had a bunch of people going into these buildings like leading up to the months of 9-11 to like repaint things and there were entire floors like blocked off so they could paint them and stuff and but now they're saying like all of that paint was just coating the walls of everything with this thermite shit that you're talking about and i don't know if that's true or not but i do know that if we wanted to find out they probably would tell us to stop asking questions and not be like, well, let's get some scientists and go look for it. They'll be like, nah, we talked to a scientist. You're a piece of shit. Shut your mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I believe the, the, there were workers going in and out of the trade centers for like six weeks there. They had hollowed out a lot of the floors. Um, I mean, because just find videos of it, they're getting harder and harder to find. Um, but it, it literally just went, I mean, it fell so fast and like there was nothing preventing it. I mean, you think about how solid those structures were. They were designed to take that kind of impact and a plane is aluminum and hollow. It, it, they've showed, I've seen videos of like what, a, what the nose of a plane, what has happened to the nose of a plane after getting hit by like a bird. It, it like crushed the nose of the plane, the, the very tip of it. And that's a bird, not okay. a steel reinforced concrete building. Um, and, and the fact that the guy lied about it and the media was like, hey, Mr. Silverstein, how come you, they, they've never questioned him. Bush and Cheney both testified behind closed doors. Um, they wouldn't have anything videotaped. They, they wouldn't do it in the public eye. Um, I'm not, I, were they under oath? I think that was part of it, too, that they were like, we'll talk to you, but not under oath. They wouldn't do it under oath. They wouldn't do it where anybody could see them. Uh, they wouldn't let it be taped. Um, Rumsfeld, apparently, you know, he's third in line for the presidency. And they say he was out at the Pentagon doing like triage, like helping injured people, like get into ambulances and shit. Do you What's really he? think... Sorry, I thought the the Speaker of the House was third in line for presidency. He wasn't that, was he? He was like the Department of Defense guy or something, wasn't he? Um, I thought that he was third. I, what what was his official title? Um, the Secretary of Defense is what he was. So he's he's up there. Yeah, Th there's no way is my point that they would let him be out there doing. If they truly thought the country was under attack by people we didn't know who was uh, doing it that they would let him out there. They would have had him so far underground uh, in some bunker somewhere to protect him. They wouldn't be like, yeah, just come out here and help us out, Mr. Secretary of Defense. Um, it, it's, it's, it's just crazy. And all sixth. that. He was sixth in line. Okay. Um, Still. And, and, and they hauled away all the evidence from the trade centers, like immediately to China. They didn't leave it there. They didn't investigate it. Um, they just put it on trucks and then put it on boats. Almost immediately, that's what they did with it. Um, and that's not what you would do in an, an investigation. And uh, Yeah, that reminds me of the, uh, the Georgia Guidestones. Remember that story when they got blown up? 
I don't. I'm not familiar with Do that. Do you know what the, the Georgia Guidestones are? I actually don't. They're like, uh, I forget who put them there. Some group, some like futurist group or something. Um, hold on here. Georgia Guidestones. Um, it was a granite monument that stood in Georgia from 1980 to 1992. It was 19 feet tall, made out of concrete. Uh, or I'm sorry, granite, six granite slabs weighing a total of 237,000 pounds. Anyway, they, uh, they have like, um, rules on them or whatever, like guides, I guess, like guidelines, like how to be a one world government or how to do, you know, take over the world or fucking whatever. And it was in all these different languages and, and anyway, somebody went and blew it up or they like it blew up an explosion there and it fucked up like one of the slabs and it kind of fell over. And then the next morning they were like, yeah, we don't have we have no idea who did it. Uh, and we just went ahead and cleaned the whole thing up. So it's gone now. And everybody's like, wait, aren't there cameras everywhere? Like, couldn't you find out who did it? And wasn't only one of the things destroyed? Like, couldn't you have fixed it? Or mm-hmm. done something, but instead they just erased it from the map. So they just don't exist anymore. Yeah. And, and 9-11 is not something new as far as like um, false flags and, and, and things that have happened throughout history um, that we're just given an official story of and, and we're, we're led to believe. And here's something else about 9-11. There's so much about it. But, dude, I remember I was 23 years old when it happened. I think I was 23. And uh, when it happened, I remember when the when the second plane hit for just a millisecond. And I was by myself in my basement. So, but the 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 my screen blacked out for just a millisecond. It was just like it came right back, but it blacked out for a second. And I remember thinking, why did that happen? That has nothing to do with the news feed. That was a plane hitting the building. So why did that happen? And people, you know, the reason everyone thinks that conspiracy theories about 9-11 are so crazy is because they all saw what they all saw what they think was just this plane hitting the building, even though it went through it hot, like hot butter. It didn't even at the time, it didn't look they didn't have the technology they do now to make things look more legit. Um, But all you really have to do in those situations is have operatives on the ground being like, this is what happened. This is what I saw. And then in that kind of chaos, people are like, yeah, that's what I saw too. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily be the truth. I mean, people are freaking out in a situation like that. They're not, they're not thinking clearly. And all it takes is a few people on the ground to say the right thing. And people can just be easily led astray and no one wants to believe that it was our government. And when people say like 9-11 was an inside job, I think they think like George Bush and Cheney and those guys, they didn't plan all that and hire the hijackers and all that bullshit. But I think they knew it was going to happen. And I really believe that when Bush was in that classroom and they came to him and said, you know, a plane has hit the World Trade Center tower. I don't think he had any idea that that was the day. I don't think they gave him, you know, this is just my opinion, obviously, but that they gave him any knowledge of tomorrow, this is going to happen. So we need you to look surprised. I think they needed him to genuinely be surprised. And the look on his face was, holy shit, 
it's happening. They did it. You know, they, I knew it was going to happen, but I didn't know when I didn't know where I would be. Um, man, it's just, well, and it goes back to the, uh, what was that? The Gulf of Tonkin thing that got us into the Vietnam war where we actually bombed the ship or something. Wasn't that the case? And then they blamed it on the, on the Vietnamese. All I, I remember, all I remember hearing is that Vietnam was started over a lie. I've also heard that, that um, Roosevelt and them, they knew that the Japanese were going to bomb Pearl Harbor and they let it happen. And you say, well, why would they do that? And in the grand scheme of things, as awful as it is, a few thousand people to uh, dying to get public sentiment to go into the war like nobody had a problem right after 9-11 with us going to Iraq and all these countries that didn't even have anything to do with 9-11 um, because yeah. they thought we were under attack. So, of course, they're like, go get them, kill them, do what they got to do. And, you know, and, I, and, and, I was on board with that, too, at the time. I was like, yeah, was. fuck them, fuck all of them in the Middle East. And they're yeah. like, well, it was actually this country. And I'm like, there's no countries over there. It's all just sand like fucking they're all terrorists. I remember the bumper sticker, and at the time, I thought it was a great bumper sticker. I think it's kind of gross now, but at the time, I remember a bumper sticker saying, uh, kill them all, let Allah sort them out. And I remember being like, yeah, you know? But then you learn about it, and you're like, wait a second. We invaded seven Middle Eastern countries after that, all the way up until Trump, I believe. I don't know that he ever invaded any Middle Eastern countries, but... That's where my opinion about Obama started changing was when I started learning like, wow, that guy literally, when you break it down, dropped a bomb every 20 minutes of his presidency and hundreds of thousands of innocent Middle Eastern people were killed, half of which were women and children under the age of five. And now I have a kid under five and I'm like, wow, they literally just, it was like they were bombing for roaches or something for, I mean, all that time and all these people who had nothing to do with nine 11. Um, so I can't sit here and tell you, I know exactly who did nine 11 and, and exactly why, but I know that a lot of people got rich on nine 11 over insider trading. Um, I know that it gave us public sentiment and to go into the war without a lot of people questioning it. Um, what we did to Iraq under the guise of weapons of mass destruction, and they never found them. But at that point, people are like, eh, well, that's just, you know. Um, yeah, and got Saddam Hussein killed, and he was like the one at the time that was like, hey, none of this fucking Taliban shit, or none of, the, uh, none of this Al-Qaeda kind of stuff. And everybody's like, all right, like, well, we won't be terrorists. And then they killed Saddam Hussein, and everybody's like, yay, we can be terrorists now. <laughs> yeah um yeah man so then you start learning about things like the deep state and the federal reserve the federal reserve is is a very misleading um term if you want to, however you say it because it's privately owned and it's privately owned by families like the rockefellers and the rothschilds who incidentally run and own everything um the american medical association education, uh, pharmaceutical companies there. They, they own everything though. I, is it the Rockefellers or the Rothschilds? I wrote it down, but one of those families is they probably both are. They're worth $500 billion for one family. I think it's the Rockefellers. Um, I bet it's more by now. 
Yeah. I bet five. there's a, a trillion dollar family out there. Yeah, dude. I mean, you think about that kind of money for one family and they can literally, they literally call the shots. And so if you haven't seen that documentary fall of cabal, um, you should watch it. You should go to bitshoot.com and watch it. And she, she explains all this stuff a lot better than me about the federal reserve and everything. Um, but they, they, they own everything. They, they're the federal reserve. So when you, you know, the only two presidents up until Trump that tried to get rid of the federal reserve and, and, and make our, make us with our own money and, uh, um, interest-free money and all that were, were, uh, John F. Kennedy and Abraham Lincoln. And those guys, you know what happened to both of them? Um, because they opposed those things back when uh, the federal reserve became the federal reserve in 1913, there were three super rich guys in the United States. Their names are Guggenheim, John Jacob Astor and Isidore Strauss. And back then they were all like worth $11 billion a piece by today's standards, which is a shit ton of money, obviously. And they were all opposed to the federal reserve and all three of them died on, on the Titanic. And, did they sink the Titanic just to kill those three guys? I know that seems outlandish, but it's also one hell of a coincidence that three of the richest guys in the United States all died on that day. And you say, well, they could have gotten into a life draft. Well, if the Titanic's going down, no one gives a shit how much money you're offering them. Like, hey, I'm a billionaire. Let me into the boat. And they're like, well, I'm going to die. What, yeah, what do I if, care? If anything, that would make me be like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You ain't getting on my boat. <laughs> But the more I think about the Titanic, it's like, all right, so it was a ship built to like traverse the ocean, uh, built by ocean experts, like operated by ocean experts. And they're like, hey, we just we didn't see an iceberg coming. Didn't even consider that, that that could be a thing. And it's like, I feel like that would be like one of that's like saying like, uh, you know, I was driving and I hit a pothole. Like I never couldn't have seen it coming. And it's like, dude, that's part of driving is like, you're supposed to keep an eye out for those, you know? Yeah. So, so that's what, that's essentially what this podcast is about is that we think, and from what we've seen, you wonder why the media has gone after Trump the way that they have and everyone involved with, um, because that's another thing about the federal reserve. They finance, um, the, drugs, child trafficking, oil, um, all the things that make the most money, they're behind all of it. They finance both sides of every war, basically in history since the time of Napoleon, because when you can do that, you make all the money, you know, when you are the one financing, um, all the military stuff that they need to do that stuff, right. they finance the Nazi party, um, and if you're, vaccines. if you're, if you're in that position, you don't care who wins. You just, you go to the, to the U S government and you say, all right, yeah, I'm going to give you, I'm loaning you a trillion dollars for war shit. But if you win, then you got to pay us back this X amount of money or whatever. And then they go to the Nazis and say the same thing. Like, listen, we're going to loan you some money, but if you win, you owe us a shitload. And if you don't, then eh, we'll worry about it later. Yeah, no matter what happens, you, you win. And that's why people like George Soros do what they do. 
because ultimately they they win. They're not just doing it because they love politics or whatever. It's because they make a ton of money off all this crap. Yeah, um, he's coming back into the news now also with the whole, uh, what's that guy's name, Jonathan Greenblatt? Have you heard any of that story recently? No. He's the guy who runs the Anti-Defamation League, which is like, uh, it's supposed to just protect everybody's feelings, I guess, but it's mainly like a Jewish support sort of thing they just go around and call everybody anti-semitic and even some like famous jewish people were like yeah i don't trust the adl dude but uh but i guess they went out they have the enough power at least that when elon musk took over twitter they reached out to all the advertisers and they were like anti-semitic hate is up like 900 percent since elon bought twitter so don't advertise on them because if you do then we're gonna say that you're anti-semitic too and then all of Twitter's advertising like left basically. And uh, so then just the other day, Elon was like, yeah, I might have to take him to court and sue him for uh, defamation or something, which would be ironic. They'd have to change their name, take the anti out of their name or something. Uh, and then the uh, Jonathan Greenblatt, who runs the Anti-Defamation League, came out and was like, that's anti-Semitic, dude. <laughs> and, he, and Elon's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You can't just call shit anti-semitic or racist or transphobic or fucking whatever just because you don't have an argument you know well and how do they how do they arrive at 900 percent anti-semitism is up 900 percent what do the bigots have fill out a form like yeah me too i i hate them even more than i used to yeah i, mean, I don't well and a lot of that is it depends on what you count as as anti-semitic uh, because people did the same thing with the n-word after elon took over people would literally just tweet the n-word and then their next tweet would be like oh my god it let me do it like this is crazy but that's not like that's i don't know what i don't know how to defend that but it's like yeah dude you can fucking say it that doesn't mean that people are gonna like you or that people are gonna agree or anything like that but that's the whole point of public discourse that's the whole point of freedom of speech is for me to be able to to shout anti-semitic things and then have a friend to be like come on man here's why we don't say that kind of stuff and then i'll be like oh man sorry you know i had no idea about your mom or whatever and then you learn things that way but when somebody's just like hey no then i'm like no fuck you now i want to say it more even though i didn't even know what it meant in the first place right you're not defending it you're just saying that you can't you can't say what's okay for free speech and what's not i mean the the fact is if you come out and you're racist or bigoted or whatever um people are going to shun you because we live in a civilized society and the you know i would rather the people who agree with that crap be out in the open so you can be like well stay away from that fucking guy rather right. than rather than them do it in secret um which is what a friend of mine used to say i'd rather know you know where these people are um but you can't just and that's that's the danger of saying like um Hey, that that goes against our hate speech policy because then all they have to do is anything they don't like they can put it under that umbrella oh you violated our hate speech i didn't say anything hateful i said covid was bullshit eh, that goes along with what we have to say you know mm -hmm. and they they and they'll just put anything under that umbrella that they don't want out there 
or um, disinformation or misinformation or whatever. I just got a post removed. I think I shared it on the show a week or two ago about uh, my friend with the laser that was uh, shooting the laser at the little cardboard house and stuff that got removed. And because I, I got flagged for disinformation and they were like, it's cool. Experts checked it out, found out your thing is bullshit. So you got to delete it. That was yeah. on Facebook and on Instagram. And it's just a dude with a laser that anybody with, I don't know how much it costs, probably a grand or two could buy this thing that they use it for like, you know, writing shit in metal and that kind of stuff. But like it exists. That's what's fucked up about it is they're like, it's like, what are you saying didn't happen here? Like you're saying the laser thing wouldn't work or you're saying that's not what happened in Hawaii. Cause I never said that's what happened in Hawaii. I was just like, wow, look, you can start fires from far away with lasers. That's crazy, huh? And then actually here, I'm going to show this video because this is uh, from, I don't know when the video was, but or here, just watch. Lasers, really? To change the weather? That's right. Well, as Mark Twain once famously said, everyone complains about the weather, but no one ever does anything about it. Well, instead of doing a rain dance, we physicists are firing trillion-watt lasers into the sky to actually precipitate rain clouds and actually bring down lightning bolts. Go ahead. Well, I, I, this is fascinates me in part because, too, I remember reading the stories that China had used this during the Olympics, that the USSR had used this after Chernobyl to create rain clouds. I mean, w did those really work then? We have some of these capabilities now? Inconclusive. Even in the 60s, the CIA used this to uh, bring down monsoons during the Vietnam War to wash out the Viet Cong. Governments have been playing with, with this to. thing. Alleged to. Alleged to, right. Yeah. Now, we realize that for decades now, these governments have been alleged to have experimented with weather control, but nothing conclusive. This time we're bringing in the laws of physics rather than simply uh, waving our hands and uttering mumbo jumbo. <laughs> we're actually using trillion watt lasers yeah. now. And in the laboratory, sure enough, they precipitate rain out of water vapor. Sure enough, you can actually bring down electricity yeah. down, the, down the beam. Firing trillion watt lasers, you rip apart the electrons, creating what are called ions, and these ions act like seeds, like dust particles, bringing down rain and even lightning. So they exist. Yeah, they exist. And and I, my wife was telling me about all these uh, videos, of course, not on mainstream media, because basically nothing is. Um, all these people in Hawaii that are like, this was planned. These fires were started. They turned off the water. Um, we still have all these missing children. I mean, I, I haven't really been, you know, I was out of town and I haven't been paying a, a lot of attention to the Hawaii stuff, but I know enough to know that there's a lot of people saying, this was not what they're making it out to be. And it sure as hell isn't because of climate change. Yeah, they had downed power lines and uh, and when the they shut off the power, because power lines were falling down and then somebody, nobody really knows who flipped the switch and turned the power back on. So there were like all these power lines down, like touching palm trees and houses and shit. And they just turned it back on. So a bunch of shit caught on fire at once. I don't know if that's true either, but that's what I heard from a guy on something. So there's just, it's, it's kind of fucked up to be like, 
yeah, I think government's fake. I think the news is fake and all that. And somebody's like, what's fake about it? And I'm like, oh, Jesus. All right. Where do I start? 9-11 all the way up to Hawaii fires last week and everything in the middle. Like, that's why they hate Trump so much, because Trump is like, hey, I'm just a dude. Like, let's stop lying to people about shit. Like, if we need to go to war, America will understand why we need to go to war if we really need to. If you keep lying to us like this, then nobody's going to know the truth about anything. Like, yeah. why don't we just tell everybody the truth and then we can all decide as a team, like, what's best for this country? And it's just the guy. It's it's interesting because the the goals that Trump had as president were good for every American citizen. The only people they were bad for are people who want to do this shady shit and make trillions of dollars from it. But unfortunately, those same people are the ones who pay everybody else's paycheck so it's really easy for them to be like look you can support trump if you want but if you do then you're fucking fired or we're sending you to the news team in alaska or whatever like it's it's easy to control the opinions of everybody when you're also controlling their paychecks yeah but if 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 they would allow, you know, if they would have touted Trump's accomplishments and all that stuff, and we've said this stuff before, but if they would have done that, and if people could realize that, hey, this guy wants to wants us to have our own money, interest-free, debt-free, easy-to-pay-back loans, you know, now if you borrow money, you're underneath that forever um, because of the Federal Reserve, because they, they make so much money and it's just pure greed. I mean, they they could never spend the kind of money they have um, and, and they, they literally control everything. So when you hear people say Trump's trying to destroy the central banks and all that and people scoff at it, I'm not sure what you're scoffing at. You, you know, like, like we've said on this podcast a hundred times, America could be so, if it had, if they had stuck with what the founding fathers set this country up to be, we the people and all those things, so many Americans would be, it would be very common to be a millionaire in this country if they had just allowed it to flourish the way it was supposed to. And it's not just good for America, it's good for the world because the more money we have, the more money we can help out countries like these remote villages in Africa that don't have shit, literally. They don't have no food. It doesn't rain there for months and all those things. We could help everyone. And I think, you know, from a spiritual aspect, part of the reason that America flourished for so long is because God had his hand on this country. We, we were helping so many people that needed it. Um, and, and then the, the central bankers came in and, man, ever since, ever since then, there's been a new war or conflict and every, uh, all this shit. And it's just a handful of people in the grand scheme of things that are doing all this shit. Um, it's not supposed to be this way like that. The video we showed that day, the, the plan to save the world, that 13 minute video, you know, they always chalk up war and all this crap to human nature. Well, that's bullshit. Most of us aren't. Most of us think about someone getting murdered, especially a child, or bombing a bunch of kids off the planet or innocent people. And we find that abhorrent. 
Um, but they sell it as, well, we have to do that, or we need your money for climate change. All they do with all that shit is launder it and put it right back in their own pocket. That's mm -hmm. what it boils down to. And that's how they buy, they buy politicians. And that's why you see these people come out of nowhere and, and become the president like Obama or Joe Biden or whoever. They're installed. That's why these, these people that are that serve in government for... Um, I forget her name now. Who's that really old lady that she, Feinstein, she's been in there forever. Um, they're not elected over and over because people think, oh, they're doing such a fantastic job. They are installed by the people who benefit from them. We're not, like you said a hundred times on this podcast, we're, we're not, we're given the illusion of choice, but it's really like, do you want this piece of shit or do you want this piece of shit? Because these are the pieces of shit we're giving you. <laughs> You're like, I don't want either of them. And they're like, well, then don't vote. You don't have yeah. to. Yeah. But this is who this is who we're giving you to choose from. Um, and that's how these. Yeah, because I've thought that since I was really young before I ever gave two shits about politics. Like, where do these people come from? You know, just. Yeah. And it's not about like letting them run for president. Anybody can run for president. It's just about who are they going to give airtime to? Who are they going to talk about? And, and who are they going to take seriously? You know, I know a comedian who ran for president in like 2016 or 2012 or something like that. And they, he spent a good like month or two and being like, yep, we did a campaign rally. We did this and that. And I just remember thinking the whole time, like, you're not going to fucking be president, dude. And of course he wasn't. He never made it anywhere. But it's just the fact of like people still have that idea in their head that like hey if you want to be president just run maybe you'll win and it's like no not without trillions of dollars behind you yeah i was gonna respond to something you said earlier but i forgot so fuck it well i'm kind of on a tangent today but they, that's that's why they have these you know um debates but they really, they, you know, there might be 10 people on that debate stage, but they're only letting the Republican and the Democrat front runners talk. They don't, the other people on the outside, are like, hey, I got a great idea. And they're like, yeah, shut up. You know, you don't, you got nothing. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's gross, man. And that's what, um, that's what we should have named this podcast. It's gross, man. Cause I feel like I say that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we got any more videos we want to show? Um, sure. We've got plenty of stuff. Um, here I wanted to, this was from the, uh, I'm trying to think how to get into this. They were talking about Trump doing the insurrection and all that stuff. And, and somebody made a video of all of the violence and fires and stuff like that during, um, hold on here. Have I already played this? Let's just play it and find out. Standing out the front of the White House, and you can see that the building behind me is still smoldering. The this is from, uh, I, I want to say, May of 2020 or something. This is around the time where Trump had to hide in a bunker. And then all these articles came out about what a little scared bitch Trump was. 
because he just couldn't even handle the the pressure from some protests and he had to go hide in a bunker. Uh, fire brigade has just arrived to try to extinguish that. They've been kept busy with a number of spot fires in this area. There was an impromptu bonfire on the street here behind me. There were a number of cars <laughs> set alight. Even a hotel, the front of our hotel, was set alight. And what was really terrifying scenes. This all happened in the minutes leading up to the 11 p.m. curfew. This is the first time that Washington, D.C. has had a curfew in place and you could really feel the tension rising between the protesters and the police in the minutes leading up to it. This is some of what we saw on the streets. So when I'm walking out of our hotel you can see in the sky here this is tear gas filling the air here. Here they've tried to set fire to the umbrellas outside our hotel. This entire area now there are little fires everywhere. The most substantial appear to be near the White House. So just this smoke here, that is the exact direction of the White House. And now walking towards that, you can hear sirens coming from behind us. There's a series of uh, fireworks and other explosives going off in this area. All the way along here, you can see the destruction. This is a block from the White House. You can see they pulled a, a fire extinguisher off the wall. Everything is destroyed or vandalised. Windows broken. So look at the scene here. This is a line of police making their way. They are forming a wall in front of the White House. Look behind them. You can see the flames burning in the park right in front of where the president is. What we know is to our right here is where the protesters have been pushed to. That is where you're hearing those very loud bangs exactly like that. So what we're seeing, the police are holding a line here. They soon are going to move down this street to try to push these protesters further away. And Anne, while it was obviously terrifying at the time, the good news is that that curfew has succeeded in really dissipating this crowd. You'll remember earlier there were thousands of people in this area and they were pushed out by, by that wall of police, as you saw. The bad news is that they have now regrouped in separate uh, groups around the city. So we're now seeing spot fires and looting and a number of businesses being broken into. So still very much a long night ahead. So Amelia, so much unrest, fires tear gas protests at the White House. Where is the president? Well, and we have every reason to believe that he is here. We've not seen Donald Trump at all today. In fact, we haven't seen him since he was in Florida yesterday. But uh, as far as uh, the journalists responsible for following his movements, there was uh, no evidence that he left the White House at all today. He did tweet a number of times from the White House. And while all of this was going on, he simply put out a tweet saying law and order. <laughs> I kept that end part in there because that just seems like such a Trump thing to do. To just be like, law and order. Quit being <laughs> fucking idiots out there. But the the whole reason I wanted to show that was because that kind of anger and that kind of fighting with police and lighting shit on fire and doing crazy stuff is not a Republican thing. Like January 6th was not the first time something like that had ever happened. And there's other stories about uh, people in Portland, Oregon, like breaking into their, I don't know if it was a local courthouse or their Supreme Court or something, but like people have broken into government buildings and protested and screamed and broke shit multiple times 
And then January 6th happened. I don't know if you heard the story of the guy who was like the leader of the Proud Boys just got sentenced to 22 years in jail for his actions on January 6th. And he wasn't even fucking at the Capitol on January 6th. He got arrested for burning a pride flag or a BLM flag or something like that the day before that. And they were like, you can't go to the Capitol tomorrow. And he was like, all right. But even just being the leader of the Proud Boys was enough to to make it. I don't know. I think eventually either Trump's going to go in and pardon all of the January 6th people who didn't actually commit violence or which was most of them. Oh, a large majority of them. There were definitely assholes in the group, though. But but that's where it connects to, like, how many of them were paid to be there or coerced to be there how many of them were undercover fbi guys or how many of them were guys that the fbi caught doing something else and they were like all right i'll tell you what like instead of doing 10 years you're gonna go to the capitol on july on january 6th you're gonna do a bunch of crazy shit we're still gonna give you one year in jail but that's better than anything else and the guy's like fuck it all right i'll go punch a cop or whatever like i don't think actual trump supporters and you see this more now with the all these videos of like nazis that are coming out and stuff they all have fucking masks on they're all wearing the same outfits so it's almost like they were in a line and they're just walking through and the guy's like here's your mask here's your pants here's your polo shirt go out there and be nazis and it's like true true trump supporters don't want to hide their face they don't need to hide their face And that's why I don't think any of these Nazi people. And then that makes me go back and question all the shit that happened in Charlottesville in 2017 when they were like the Tiki Torch Nazi people that were like, Jews will not replace us. And it's like, I remember watching that and just being like, that's not any Trump supporter that I know. Like, I don't I feel like that's a completely separate group, but they try to just ban us all together. You know, those people are all. You know, most of the the shit starters that you see, um, the migrant caravans and all that thing, they're 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 essentially paid actors. Because you always think like, where, how do these people even organize and and become like this big thing that that happens? It's because people like George Soros and all that they they pay these people to pretend that they're anti Antifa and all that bullshit, Charlottesville. Um, all, all these clean cut, you know, white dudes that they're making look like, look like, um, they hire them. They hire them to act like they're, they're so, um, they're trying to build up the white race and all that bullshit. Um, because you're like, well, where do these guys come from? Well, they're not real. That That's basically what it boils down to. It, it every, almost everything we see is bullshit. Mm-hmm. It, it's all, the, again, the worst things in history, um, AIDS, SARS, Zika, they are all patented, meaning they were created in a lab. Same with COVID, um, same with almost all the worst things, orchestrated, instigated, funded, all of it. This guy, uh, it's just so frustrating. And then you got a guy like Trump come along and you know, he sets himself up for some things, but at the same time, people aren't perfect. 
and they, they, they clip things together and make him sound, you know, like when he was just running for president and they had those ads come out, you know, with like the footage from the civil rights movement and people, black people getting sprayed with hoses and dogs sicked on them and all that shit. And they had him in the background. Um, just get him out of here. Oh, back in the old days, they took that footage from a, from a rally where he was making fun of a guy that came to the rally in a KKK shirt. But then they put this voiceover and I remember people making comments like, we just, we can't let this guy be, be the president. Like, like he made a commercial being like, do you remember in the old days when we could attack black people and it was okay. <laughs> and people are like, Oh my God. And I'm like, are you, you really believe in that bullshit? That, that, that's not, <laughs> that, that was, ugh. It's so frustrating, dude. But once people see something on TV, unfortunately, they're like, oh, that's that happened or this is happening or he's he's this or that. And it's like, no, that's a soundbite, man. He didn't even say that. He was actually kicking a guy out of his rally because he was a Klan member and or he had a KKK shirt on. That's what the voiceover was from. But to see it, you would. And I remember seeing it and being like, wow. And then thinking, is that real? That can't mm -hmm. be real. And guess what? It wasn't. Anyway. Yeah. And then the argument is like, well, just because that wasn't real doesn't mean that he doesn't really think those things. And it's like, I, you know, maybe he does, but I don't see it coming from him. So I feel like that's a shit excuse. But all right, here we're going to play some unrelated things just to these are like videos that I collected to play during past episodes that we just skimmed right over or ran out of time. And uh, some of them are quick. This is John Kerry lying about owning a private jet. You remember hearing this? And did we did we play this one? I feel like maybe we already did. Oh, did we? Well, then fuck it. Yeah, almost positive we did because um, he he's like says, he's like I don't have a private jet, and they're like uh, it says here your wife owns, and he's like oh well, yeah, well my wife has one, and it's like yeah. that's what we fucking met. Yeah, you're right. We did talk about that. All right, here's Matt Gates talking to a military guy about. Uh, uh, diversity and and equity and inclusion and all that really shit. pushing a program in the academies that says if you're a cisgender woman a transgender woman a non-binary a gender bi-gender two-spirit demigender what's demigender sir that's a uh, that's a, a a term of the people that are eligible for that particular scholarship that yeah, is available a person to it's a person who looks at their gender in a in a different uh, a different way than I do, sir. Well, sure, that's all so. of these people. You're a cisgender man. You don't even get to apply. Well, do you know what gene demigender really means? I, I'm not really sure, sir. Right. So, do you know what agender means? Uh, sir, I don't. Right. So here we are, pushing a fellowship, calling for people that you don't even know what the words mean, and the number one group of people. The cisgender men are excluded. Now, in the name of diversity, equity, and inclusion, should we be pushing programs that we can't define that exclude the largest group of service members? That was it. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't care about transgender people. Most of this shit was all just invented within the last several years. I mean, I'm not saying there's never been confused people or whatever, but that's not because they care about these people. That's because somewhere someone is benefiting from us all being splintered apart and destroying the fabric of the country and everything else. It's 
it's not because they care. They don't care about racism. They don't care about any of that shit. That's all just a political tool. Everything you see. Mm -hmm. All right. Now let's switch gears and talk about school vouchers for a second. Um, Trump was a big proponent of having school vouchers and letting parents choose where their kids go to school. And uh, I'm going to let this guy talk for a minute and a half. Give parents more power. Here's a very simple scheme for doing so. It's a scheme that is very old that I personally happen to have been trying to recommend and propose now for over 20 years. It's called the voucher plan. And this plan is a very simple one. It says you're a parent, you're sending your children to school, the government is providing public schools for your children to go to. If you decide, if you would like to send your child to another school, a private school, you're saving the city money. The Chess City doesn't have to spend, the city of New York today doesn't have to spend $2,728 per pupil to school those children who are going to non-public schools. Well, therefore, the city should say, very well, if you relieve us of the expense of schooling your child, we will give you a voucher, a piece of paper, worth a certain sum of money, which you may use for one purpose and one purpose only, to pay the cost of schooling your child in any school you want to go to. Now, I say the city of New York would save $2,728, but I want to make this proposal attractive to everybody, and I think it would be very attractive to parents if instead of their getting a voucher for $2,728, they were to get a voucher for $2,000 or $1,500 or $1,000. In the usual rule, I would estimate that to have schooling provided privately of, this, of better quality would cost half as much. So that if you gave parents $1,500, they would be able to acquire with that better schooling than they're now getting for the $2,700 that is being spent on their account. Well, then the voucher scheme would say... Keep in mind, this was back in like the 70s. So now it's like $15,000 a student or something ridiculous. But the main point still stands. Any parent who chooses to send his child to a school other than the governmental public school is entitled to a voucher, which he can use for the payment of tuition and costs at that school. It's exactly the same principle that was applied after World War II and much more recently in the so-called GI Bill for returning veterans. They chose their school. This was at the college level. They went to the University of Chicago or they went to Notre Dame or they went to uh, NYU or City College or wherever they went to. And they were entitled to receive, as long as they could show they were going to school, they were entitled to receive so much per month. In that case, a voucher covered not only tuition, but also living expenses. So I do not mean to say that the road is easy. But I only say that first, we know what the right thing to do is. And second, there is support for it. There are people who are interested in this. There are possibilities of moving in this direction. And it is the most promising direction. It is the only way I can see that we have a hope of turning around the trend that has been going on. So I say to you, go to it, parents. So that's just another example of something that common sense wise, it's like, yeah, let's let the schools fight for who gets all the students and the shitty ones will die off and the good ones will flourish and our kids will get more educated but it's like educating our kids is not the number one priority of the department of education it's like i don't want to use the word indoctrinating but basically they they want to teach the kid to be smart enough that they can function in society but dumb enough that they don't argue back against the idea of like why am I working 60 hours a week to barely pay all my bills? Like, I don't know. It just, right. seems, it's like teaching kids about all of the bullshit that they're teaching them now, as opposed to teaching them math and science and English and that kind of stuff. It, it's, it has to be being done on purpose, you know? Yeah. And the, the people, you know, the, the government is in charge of that stuff, but they're not really, 
like the people in the government may be like, well, why are we teaching the kids this? And the people who actually run our government, the people we started this podcast talking about, the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and all that shit, the people who run the Federal Reserve and everything else, they're the ones who keep the government humming along as far as the corrupt aspect of it. So they, they, they essentially pay them to make all these batshit crazy decisions that's trickling down and destroying our society and destroying all these poor young kids that think they're boys or think they're girls and all that shit because that's what they're being taught in school under the guise of, oh, we, we care. Bullshit. You don't care. You're, you're, being, you're being told to do that by the people who make you corrupt bastards all rich. That's why the people who are actively trying to destroy America for, for whatever reason. Um, that's what it boils down to. I don't know if I said it well or not because I get so fired up about this shit, but it's crazy, man. It's just, it's it, crazy, man. All right. You want to <laughs> let's, uh, I'm just trying to file through videos here. Let's let this dude talk about climate change for a minute. I forget what he says, but I know I liked it enough to be like, I'm going to save this video. Okay. You say, well, you don't believe in global warming. I say, no, I believe in global warming. I don't believe that, that human CO2 is causing that warming. A few years ago, if you would ask me, I would tell you it's CO2. Why? Because just like everyone else in the public, I uh, listened to what the uh, media had to say. Each day, the news reports grow more fantastically apocalyptic. Politicians no longer dare to express any doubt about climate change. There is such intolerance of any dissenting voice. Are some of the worst climate criminals on the planet. This is the most politically incorrect thing possible, is to doubt this climate change orthodoxy. Global warming has gone beyond politics. It is a new kind of morality. Now, the Prime Minister is back from his holidays, unrepentant and unembarrassed about yet another long-haul destination. Yet, as the frenzy over man-made global warming grows shriller, many senior climate scientists say the actual scientific basis for the theory is crumbling. There were periods, for example, in Earth's history when we had three times as much CO2 as we have today, or periods when we had ten times as much CO2 as we have today. And if CO2 has a large effect on climate, then you should see it in the temperature reconstruction. Climate scientists need there to be a problem in order to get funding. We have a vested interest in creating panic because then money will flow to climate science. There's one thing you shouldn't say, and that is this might not be a problem. It is the story of how a political campaign turned into a bureaucratic bandwagon. The fact of the matter is that tens of thousands of jobs depend upon global warming right now. It's a big business. It's become a great industry in itself. And if the whole global warming farrago collapsed, there'd be an awful lot of people out of jobs and looking for work. The climate has always changed, and changed without any help from us humans. We can trace the present warming trend back at least 200 years to the end of a very cold period in Earth's history. This cold spell is known to climatologists as the Little Ice Age. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. It doesn't show signs of stopping. In the 14th century, Europe plunged into the Little Ice Age. And where we would look for evidence of this 
are the old illustrations and prints and pictures of Old Father Thames. Because during the hardest and toughest winters of that little ice age, the Thames would freeze over. And there were wonderful ice fairs held on the Thames, skating and people actually selling things on the ice. If we look back further in time, before the Little Ice Age, we find a balmy golden era when temperatures were higher than they are today, a time known to climatologists as the medieval warm period. Going back in time further still, before the medieval warm period, we find more warm spells, including a very prolonged period during the Bronze Age known to geologists as the Holocene Maximum when temperatures were significantly higher than they are now for more than three millennia. If we go back 8,000 years in the Holocene period, our current interglacial, it was much warmer than it, was, than it is today. Oh, is that it? That was a, like an hour-long thing. I forget what it's called. I should probably write these things down in case anybody wants to watch the whole thing, but I found it on Rumble, and I know I typed in, like, climate something. Well, and, and this is what I thought when we were watching that is that, you know, I should try my best to not get mad at a lot of people who it's getting harder and harder to not get mad at people who have a problem with with Trump. But I understand why a lot of people do. I understand why, you know, what I have to remember is that the, the evil bastards who, who do all this stuff, they count on the fact and they they use people who have good hearts and think we have to fix climate change because it, it, it's for future generations. It's for our children. It's selfish to not do it. So I get your line of thinking. What I want you to understand is it's all bullshit. They are using you and your good heart to push their agendas and to make themselves rich and to divide us all. It, it's not because they care. It's not because it's an actual thing just like racism isn't what they make it out to be. And I know that's easy for me to say for as a white guy, whatever. Um, most things aren't what they make them out to be. They, they push these things for, for, for nefarious reasons, all mm -hmm. of it. And I think uh, control of the future is probably the biggest reason because they have to convince everybody that, no, we're going to keep track of how much energy you use. It's for the safety of your future grandchildren. Come on now. You don't want them to die, do you? Yeah. And you're like, all right. So and then that just leads in. Everything leads eventually to a one world government. All of this shit does. All the climate change stuff, race stuff. Everything leads to to social credit scores. It leads to uh, a digital central bank where all of our money is online or on our phone or on a card or on a fucking chip in our arm or whatever. And they can just turn it off if we say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. Or once Elon's uh, brain thing comes out, Neuralink, then they can shut it off for thinking the wrong thing. Like, that's a scary future to think about. But at the same time, it's like this has been going on for a long time. I'm sure that when they came up with the idea of like a social security number, that there were probably people just like us that were like, that's a fucking slippery slope, man. Today they're giving us all numbers like tomorrow. They're treating us all like cattle, you know, so it's a fine line between like how much information do I want the government to have and, and how much 
should it it have to be able to function because yeah. i don't i don't think it would be a bad thing to just not know who all of your citizens are i think overall that would be fine of course then one guy goes and kills a bunch of people and people are like who was that guy and they're like we don't know we weren't watching them and then people are like why the fuck weren't you watching them and so it's i i can see how it's hard but at the same time it's like we don't need we're adults in america we don't need all of this protection from things that we don't even think are problems you know yeah 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 man uh i guess we need to wrap this up but i think this is one of our better podcasts um oh shit it's been an hour already yeah mainly because we didn't have a lot planned and and uh you know i would like to focus completely on on 9-11 and have a lot of things ready to to talk about and and talk about the ways that they get us um divided about even things like 9-11 you know like there's so many patriotic people who feel like like even questioning it is a, a slap in the face to all the people that serve in the military and all those things and that's something i would like to talk about more in the next episode is those are the people that i'm most pissed off for the people that they that they use to do their dirty work uh predicated mainly on lies you know they destroy their families too they send them off to these these hot ass foreign countries to to do their dirty work and they destroy their families and get to they don't get to raise their their children because they're off doing the dirty work of the government i mean they're it you know and that that's a that's a dangerous thing i guess in a way to say it to talk about because people understandably do get pissed off about that when you even bring it up like how dare you say that and it's like i'm saying it because i'm mad for you not mad at you you know or think that you're i don't know you know what i'm trying to say yeah i remember uh, i think it was vietnam or maybe like the korean war or something like that but i remember hearing stories about when those troops came back like people would fucking throw tomatoes at them and boo them and stuff like that and these guys are like, dude, I just I signed up for a job. You know, I have to do what my boss tells me or they throw me into a tiny prison. Like yeah. I'm not it's not like I hate all of these people that I'm fighting the way that that a lot of people do. I'm just doing what I'm told, which yeah. I guess isn't a good excuse because, you know, that's like Nazi shit or whatever. Like it hey, just following orders, you know, get in there. Like, I don't want to put you in there, but you got to get in there. Well, a lot of it, a lot of it too, is that the, the people that often are in the military, especially the ones who have to do the dirtiest work, um, they're young and they're easily impressionable and they, they, they buy what they're sold as far as this is why we're doing this. It's for your country. And here's why. And they're like, okay, you know, and they're young and idealistic and full of testosterone and all that shit that you need to, um, to, basically to to kill people you know yeah and that's what they do in in basic training and in the military is like they make you a killer they make you someone capable of killing without second guessing anything if your commanding officer person is like shoot that motherfucker you're like yes sir you don't think like oh but he's just he's doesn't seem that bad sir yeah like there's there's no room for any of that um, all right, here, we'll let Trump end the show um, talking about some stuff. Country needs a savior right now, and our country has a savior. 
And that's not me. That's somebody much higher up than me. Much higher up. We just do what we have to do. But the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ forever changed the world. It's impossible to think of the life of our own country without the influence of his example and of his teachings. Our miraculous founding, overcoming civil war, abolishing slavery, defeating communism and fascism, and uh, the United States ultimately becoming a truly great nation. And we're going to keep it that way. We're going to keep it that way. We're not going to let it go. We're not going to let it go. But none of this could have ever happened without Jesus Christ and his followers and his church. None of it. And we have to remember that Jesus Christ is the ultimate source of our strength and of our hope. It will be more incredible in years to come. We will do what has to be done to make America great again. We are going to make America great again. We are never going to forget that message. Amen. Amen, brother. Absolutely. Um, and if, you know, if he's the ultimate con man, the best con man there's ever been, and he's lying about all this shit, well, shame on him, not on us for believing it. Um, but we do believe it, and we, we, we don't think he's what they've made him out to be, and for good reason. So uh, I think that's a good way to end this podcast. And uh, God bless all of you for tuning in, and please share it and, and uh, help us out. Agreed. Do you want me to play the wacky Biden music at the end, or are you going to add that in later? Uh, we can add it in later. Well, you know, you can play it now if you want, and then we don't have to add it in, but yeah. All right. Yeah, I should have done the thing at the beginning, too, but all right, so that's the end. Bye, everybody.